Hello and welcome back to the Reincarnated Radio Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Stishon, and once again, I'm bringing you another one of the scariest, creepiest, and most skin-crawling tales of terror that the golden age of radio had to offer. For this week, we're bringing you one of the most popular and sought-after episodes of all of old-time radio horror. It's a story about an oil rig and the secrets that lie just below the surface. Today, the cast of Joy Moray and myself reincarnate The Thing on the Forble Board from Quiet Please, which originally aired on August 9th, 1948. So turn off the lights, gather round, and if you get scared, just remember, these tales scared your grandpappy first, and enjoy the Reincarnated Radio Podcast. Me? I'm a roughneck. Well, I was a roughneck, twenty years ago. A little too old now, too slow too. Besides, I got a dollar now. I don't have to be a roughneck, you see? I'm married, got a nice home. You'll have to meet my wife sometimes. Her name's Maxine, but she likes to go by Mike. I guess she's busy in the kitchen right now. Besides, she doesn't hear too well. Shame, too. She's so pretty and everything. But as I was saying, I was a roughneck. And no, that doesn't mean exactly what you think it means. A roughneck is an oil field worker. Specifically, a guy on the drilling crew. Call him roughnecks like you call a section hand on a railroad a gandy dancer. Or a garage hand a grease monkey. Same time, you work around a drilling crew for a while, and you're bound to be a roughneck in every sense of the word. <laughs> the Derrick floor? Or forable board? Well, that's no place for a guy with a bow tie. Because when you have to fool around with drilling holes that go farther down in the ground than it is from the top to Pike's Peak, well... One time when I was a roughneck, we got this one well down to 7,313 feet. That was a record. Quite a hole, huh? <laughs> sure. I don't think there's an oil man in the world that doesn't wonder one time or another what's down there besides rock and oil and gas. Oil that's made out of trees that died 21 million years ago. Oil that's made out of dinosaur bones. Oil that's maybe made out of the flesh and blood of men. Maybe ones that beat each other to death with a stone axe. Ate saber-toothed tiger for lunch. Yeah, you get to wondering. You look at the cores that come up from way down there, and sometimes there's little shells, trilobites mostly, that was alive when Manhattan Island was under half a mile of ice. We found something once, me and Billy Grunwald, and something found us. Here, I'll tell you about it. Clear down to around 5,400 feet, we set casing that began to get water, so we had to stop drilling and cement it off. Well, you see, when water begins to seep in the hole, you pull your drill pipe, then you let down a cementing shoe inside the casing, and you plug up the bottom of the hole, casing and all, with quick-hardening waterproof cement. Then, when it's hard, you drill through the cement and go down, and the cement outside the casing at the bottom keeps the water out. Well, we had the drill pipe all pulled and racked. The cement was setting, you see, so we were shut down. We had to wait for it to harden. We'd been coring just before. Well, you see, um, a core drill is hollow, 
and as the bit digs down, it stuffs the drillings up inside it. So when you pull it out, you've got a sample of the kind of stuff you're going through. And a geologist can tell a lot from that. So there's nobody around the rig except me that night. The rest of the crew has gone into town. I was toasting some pork chops over the porch for myself when I heard a car pull up. Look out, it's Billy Grunwald, the geologist. Hey, Billy, come on and have a pork chop. All right, Porky. Where's everybody? They all went to town. I'm the whole crew. I had three blowouts between here and Oxnard. Yeah, I wondered where you was. Ted said you'd be here about three. Yeah, I would have been, except for my tough luck. I'm dead. Hungry? Starved. Here I got six, uh, no, seven pork chops. And bread. Some coffee. Kind of. Swell. I got a bottle in the car. Hey, well, we're gonna have a banquet. Hey, where's that core? That's what I came here to look at. Yeah, back there on the bench. Look at it after supper. Hey, didn't you say you were all alone here? Yeah. I thought I heard somebody talking. I don't see anybody. Keep an eye on that pork chop. Or you won't have any supper. Yeah, I'm watching it. Here, let me put the coffee on. When'd you finish cementing? This morning. Last tower only made about ten feet of hole, so Ted shut the whole thing down before we got flooded out of house and home. Funny about that water. How so? Oughtn't to be any at that level, according to my figuring. Well, there is. Is it salt? Sure. Right out of the bottom of the ocean. Hmm. That's funny. Well, maybe I'll be able to tell something from the core. (laughs) Yeah, I hope so. Well, last core I looked at, I'd have sworn we were getting into shale. Ain't seen none yet, from the cuttings. Here, your pork chop's done. And take some bread. Yeah, thanks. Mm, Oh, man. Good, huh? Mm Mm-hmm. I'll put on another. I already had two before you come. Yeah, much obliged. Yeah, you know, you, you can never tell what's down there. You get it all mapped and plotted out, all the strata, and all you know is what comes out of the hole. Yep. I'd like to go down there sometime. If I was little enough. (laughs) Never get you down a hole. You'd fit. You're skinny. I'll stay up here and look at the cores, bud. Uh, Where's that one? Behind you. Over there. Hmm. Uh Oh, well, I'll have a look at it. Why don't you wait till you finish your supper? I'm just gonna look at it. Uh, And put on another pork chop for me. Okay. I wish those screech owls would keep them. Hey, wait a minute, Porky. What is it? Listen. You know, I'd have sworn there's somebody up there on that foible board. You're crazy. There's nobody up there. Standing against those stands of a drill pipe. Eh, they're just racked crooked. One of them slipped. Come on back and eat your pork chop. Yeah, yeah, I... I guess so. Uh, only I... What are you so jittery about, Billy? Come on, eat your sandwich. Yeah, well, uh... Th- thanks, Porky. I, I don't know... I'm just naturally that way, I guess. I'm always scared of the dark. Doggone it, I hate to be a baby, but I can't help it. Scared of the dark? Honest? Stupid, ain't it? Well, I don't know. Everybody's scared of something. Me? Spiders scare the tar out of me. Black widows. Oof. I know how you feel, Billy. There another light over here? Yeah, over here. Hey, listen, uh, Porky, go out to the car and look in that left-hand door pocket and bring me back that bottle, will ya? That's what I need. Okay, kid. 
Okay. So I picked up a flashlight, turned around, and went outside. I found the car, and I got the bottle. And the floor of the derrick was all lit up when I saw a beam of light suddenly flash up toward the forble board. I laughed. <laughs> Billy Grunwald and his ideas. So sure, I looked up, and there wasn't a darn thing up there, except the drill pipe racked against the fingerboard. Oh, this, uh, this forble board. Well, you've seen oil derricks, or pictures of them. You know that little platform that runs around the outside of the derrick about halfway up? Well, that's the forble board. You see, drill pipe comes in lengths, and you handle them with several lengths screwed together so as to save time getting them in and out of the hole. Two lengths is a double, three is a treble, four is a forble. When you pull the pipe, you hoist it up inside the derrick with a traveling block which moves up and down from the crown block at the top of the derrick. Then, when a forble of pipe is pulled out, it's held in the rotary table. You break the joint with the tongs, like a great big Stilson wrench, you see? Snub a cable that's fastened to the handle over the cat head onto the draw, and that breaks the joint. Then you hold the tongs on the pipe, give the rotary table a few turns to unscrew it, and you hoist it away with the traveling block and swing it over against the fingerboard and lean it against the derrick. The guy up on the forble board takes it off the traveling block. You do that all over again until you got all the pipe out, you see? Well... There wasn't anybody up on the forble board, except a screech owl, and that flew away. So Billy turned his light off, and I come on inside. And just as I come up the steps, he lets out a yell. Ah! What's the matter? Hey, come here. Look here. What is it? Uh, look, Porky. My, where'd you find that? Now listen, Porky, I, I give you my word. That was embedded in the core. It couldn't be. I tell you, it was. Look where I dug it out. You know what? That rock there comes from a mile underground. And it's been a mile underground for a million years, man. Uh, look at this. And I did look. And what he was holding was a gold ring. And it was all carved and filigreed, just like jewelry. And there wasn't any kidding about it. It was real. I poked at the core of rock that looked like a kind of petrified salami or something. And then it was my turn to pretty near jump out of my pants because right alongside the place where Billy dug out the ring there was a mud-covered but very unmistakable finger. I picked it up and it was cold and it was heavy. It was solid rock. At least it felt like solid rock. And I looked at Billy and Billy looked at me. And he started to rub the mud off this here stone finger. And as he rubbed it, it began to disappear. No, 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 he, he could still feel it, he said. But when the mud was gone, neither of us could see it. And he dropped it on the derrick floor. It went clunk, and we couldn't find it anyplace. So you know what we done? We took that bottle, and we finished it, Billy and me. We finished it in one slug apiece, and it was a full pint of bathtub gin. And then we sat on that derrick floor, and we looked at each other. And we didn't say a word. My eyes got heavier and heavier, and the last thing I remember, I heard some kind of noise that seemed to be coming out from, well, the forble board, 80 feet above us. I shut my eyes for a minute. I guess I went to sleep. 
and I had awful dreams. Black Widow spiders crawling all over me with gold rings on their legs. Things I could hear but couldn't see. Up on the forble board. Billy Grunwald climbing up the ladder outside the derrick in the moonlight, faces looking at me. I couldn't figure out who they were. Then I was waked up by a horrible scream. A crash alongside me that shook the whole derrick. And I opened my eyes to see Billy Grunwald lying on the floor two feet away with a broken neck. And his left hand, well, he put that gold ring on the little finger of his left hand and the way his arms were spread out, his left little finger and the ring were gone. Well, let me tell you, I got out of there. I run down to where Billy had left his car and I got in and stepped on the starter, but I couldn't get it to go. And I remembered I pretty near run down the battery that Billy had taken a key, and I wasn't going up there to go through a dead man's clothes to get it. So I sat there in the car, shivered all by myself till daylight. And then Ted and the crew came, afterwards a state cop, and everybody in the world was asking me questions. Did you and Billy have a fight, Porky? I told you we didn't, Ted. But you had been drinking. We only had that little pint, Ted. Ah, and what's he doing up on the forble board? The juice threatened him. Did he run up there to get away from you? Listen, cop, don't be a chump. Billy Grunwald and I were friends. Good friends. Then why'd you push him off the forble board? I didn't, I tell you. I wasn't up there. Well, what did he go up there for? I don't know. I was asleep. How do you know he was up there? I didn't say he was. You said so. Besides, how would he break his neck if he didn't fall from way up there? Well, look, officer, I think it was just another accident. I mean, we haven't got anything on Porky, and personally, I don't believe he did it. Well, it's mighty mysterious. And so it is, but we got work to do. Now, how about it? That cement's hard down there, and I want to start drilling again, and I'm short-handed. Will you let Porky stay here till I run my pipe again? And, well, then you can take him and ask him questions till you're blue in the face. Okay. Let's get rolling. You got steel up, Happy? I'm all set. All right, Porky. You go up on the forble board. What? No, no, no. Not me, Ted. Ah, don't be such a boob. There's nobody up there to shove you overboard. (laughs) Hey, you can put safety line around you if you want to. And besides, you're getting paid to do what you're told. I've lost too much time already. Come on, get going. So I go up on the forable board, and you can bet I took a good gander around before I did anything else. No, I couldn't see a thing. So I signaled to the driller to let down the traveling block, and he did. Came sailing down from up above. I was just reaching for it to pick up the first forble of drill pipe, but it gave a big jerk, and the cable broke. It dropped, and nearly pulled me off the forble board. And it landed. Right on top of Ted. And if you have any idea what a guy looks like after two tons of metal lands on him from 80 feet up, you keep those ideas to yourself. Well, that was enough. Two accidents in a row, and the whole crew quit. They wasn't going to wait around for a third. As far as I know, the abandoned Derek is still there. And that was 20 years ago. Oh, I forgot to tell you something. The traveling block was right in front of my face when it broke loose. It was hanging by steel cable, 
three quarter inch steel cable and I saw the cable break right before my eyes. Looked just like a piece of string when you snap it between your fingers. And you know what? There was something up on that horrible board with me. So a couple of days later, I come back. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if there's anything in the world as desolate and as dismal, as dead-looking as an abandoned oil well rig. Well, there it stands, like a skeleton on a deserted side road in the bare yellow hills surrounding it. It's the deadest thing you ever saw. I sat in my car for a long time looking at it. There was a little mutter of steam from the boiler. That was all. Then I heard a tinkle of something as it hit the ground alongside me. I looked around. There wasn't a soul in sight. But at my feet was a gold ring that Billy Grunwald and I had found in the core of rock that came from a mile underground and from a million years ago in time. And I heard a little sound. The sound of a kid crying. There wasn't any kids up there, but I heard it again. And it came from above my head, and, and I took out my revolver. I loaded it carefully, and I started up the ladder to the forble board. There wasn't anything up there. Nothing that I could see. There was a voice crying. The voice of a little kid. And there was a movement behind the racks of drill pipes, and I saw a pipe move, and I yelled, Come out of there, whoever you are! Then the stand of pipes shivered, and I thought, What can it be that can handle a heavy pipe like jack straws? Then there was a crash. The whole stand of pipe fell over, and I got out of the way just in time. And I was alone, on the forble board, with the... thing but I couldn't see it. I felt the platform tremble under my feet again as something moved toward me. I fired two. Three shots. <laughs> Nothing happened. I started backwards. I knew it was following me because I could hear it meow at me like a cat. My feet tripped over something. I saw it was a big can of red lead that somebody had left up there. Without thinking, I picked it up and threw it at the sound and it splashed. And there it was. The face of a little girl, frightened, crying with hunger and terror, hands like a human being, and a finger missing from the left hand, and a body? Well, let me tell you about that. I told you how I'm scared of spiders, but I knew where it came from. It came from the bowels of the earth, come riding up on one of the drill pipes as we yanked it out of the well, came to an alien world, and was lost. It stood there dripping with red paint, blood red from head to toe, like some horrible dream. And it put its hand on my arm. Its hand was stone, living, moving stone. And it looked into my eyes. Twenty years ago, I discovered many things about it. What it used for food, that it was deaf, that it was invisible and couldn't see people when it was invisible. That if you sprayed it with mud or paint or grease paint, makeup, then it could see people. And believe me, I didn't want to see its body. I can see that in my nightmares. But its face? I can't help wanting to see that pathetic little girl's face. I'm afraid maybe I've fallen... Nah, 
It's very beautiful. I can disguise the body in long dresses. She can't hear very well, and when she's hungry, I have to stay out of her way. <laughs> and I found out what she likes to eat. So sit still. Sit still, or I'll have to shoot you. I want you to meet my wife, or rather, my wife wants to meet you. There she is. Come on in, dear. And that concludes our reincarnation of The Thing on the Forble Board from Quiet, Please, in another episode of the Reincarnated Radio Podcast. I'd like to thank Joy Murray for helping me bring the script back to life, and new episodes of the Reincarnated Radio Podcast can be found every Thursday on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, and Spotify. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram so you never miss an announcement, and leave us a review while you're at it. Tell us what you think. Hopefully we raised a hair or two. But for now, that's it for me, Dave Sishin, and the rest of us at the Reincarnated Radio Podcast, where we scared your grandpappy first. (laughs) 